Welcome back to JK Moto Podcast, your favorite motorcycle podcast and your one-stop shop for all of your track day, motorcycle racing, club racing, professional motorcycle racing coverage, and just all-around general motorcycle news and uh, and discussions. Brought to you this week by, as always, Working Class Customs, a custom fabrication shop out of northern Utah that you can ask Cole for any more details about. Here, here. Let's roll the intro, and then let's get into it. All right. Sounds good. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, actually. Just finished up a motorcycle, dropped it off. All good. It's, All goes yeah. well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, parts, you know, part, well, part two just launched today. So go check that out if you don't know what we're talking about. Part two will have a link to part one <laughs> if you haven't seen that yet. Also, might as well get out of the way. If, if, if you're new here, welcome. Thank you for being here. Please click the subscribe button down below. Also, please stick around. Or if you don't want to stick around on YouTube, head over to Pandora. Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google, Samsung, uh, all of them. We're on everything. Go find us on there. Listen to us. We got a weekly podcast every Wednesday. This is what we do. We're going to keep doing it. We ain't stopping anytime soon. Can't stop, won't stop. Is that phrase too can't, old? Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Hey, we got to we got to talk about your boy Mark today. Uh-oh. Oh, Moto GP doesn't start for like 2 weeks, 3 weeks actually like five weeks but come on they we've got it's right around the corner we've got all sorts of things happening we've got team introductions yeah we've got liveries <laughs> being rolled out in front of us we've got dancing people on stages at grassini yeah <laughs> yeah what a oh yeah yeah i guess we do kind of need to dive into that i don't yeah. Well, yeah okay well let's go let's go there first and then i'll tell you why mark Marky Mark is in trouble. What what do you think of the Grassini unveiling? Um, so I'll be honest, that's actually the first unveiling I've ever watched what? live. Yeah, you know, I always like, hey, check out the livery, and I just catch it on Instagram, and I'm like, well, yeah, the bike looks cool, but I've never like watched one. Didn't know what to expect. I kind of just expected like a. Uh, you ever seen the movie Need for Speed? Yep. You know when they're doing like the Mustang reveal, and it's got like the horses. And then they turn into the Mustang and then they mm-hmm. take the cover off the car. That's what I expected, right? Something like that. Some cool kind of like digital projected image thing. And then a couple of well, bikes. Exact, and... You're explaining exactly what it was. Yeah, but not that simple and not horses. Just horses. The only thing missing from your analogy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was different. Um, maybe. Like I said, the first one I've actually seen, but not it. It felt a little long. On the uh, dancing the dan- side, the dancing, yeah. So I thought I thought the dancing was cool. Not to take anything away from the dancing. Yeah. I thought the dancing was cool, but then like they'd say one thing, and then we're dancing again. Yeah, yeah. It was like every time, and, and it wasn't like dancer comes out real quick, and then okay, here's the bike. It's like okay, oh okay, all right. They're they're still going. So you see, you see them know. ladies that were like making the screen move or whatever with their hands. Yeah, that part was kind of cool. 
The first um, six times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have been sweet if it had been dialed back a little bit, cut a little bit shorter. And, you know, like the ladies coming out behind the curtain and they move the digital curtain and whatever. Like, yeah, sure. That's great. It's cool. It's whatever. But it was just awfully long. It was also hard to watch it because it was in Italian? Question mark. Or, or Spanish. I mean, I, I think... think I figured I think, it was Italian because of Ducati, but I don't, I don't know. I think the Mark parts were in Spanish. Okay. But they were, I mean, they had the uh, translator, which is just the same monotone. Yeah, for dude. for for both voices. So it'd be a lady yeah. talking and then a guy talking, but the voice was just like, Hi, how are you doing today? I am I'm doing fine. This is great. Whatever. I'm Mark Marquez. <laughs> we know you're Mark Marquez. Are you excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. Like... Yeah, it's kind of hard that way. How bad do you have to feel if you're... I feel bad for the little brother. Not having the show anymore? Nobody cares about that dude. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, it would, it, like everyone already knew that that's what was going to happen this year, though. Right. But I just mean, like, did, did you catch the part during it where they were trying to make the jokes about the right side and the left side of the garage? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mark at one point said he'd wait till he was sleeping and then move his stuff over into that garage. Something. To... I think something like that. Yeah. 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 It's like we all know that the side of the garages like that matters has already been moved. Yeah. Also, it was kind of weird because that felt like it felt like they were trying to be a little more natural and the like presenter lady had no idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So she's just kind of awkwardly like, oh, ha, ha, ha. That's a weird joke. But again, it's the same dude's voice the whole time. It's like, oh, ha, that's a weird joke. Yeah. Ha, 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 So, ha, so ha. It, it might it might have been more, it might have made more sense in, if we could understand what they were saying without the, you're right. It's the hard but, part about a world sport. Although all the writers speak English for the most part. Yeah, most of them. I mean, it's it's one of the, not the requirements, but I've heard multiple times over the years when somebody starts getting good, like in those Moto Three ranks or something, they got to go. They're always like, "You got to get better at your English. If you want to yeah, be a world sense. brand, you got to get better at your English." Yeah, well, it is still, uh, still key is the business language of the world, I believe. So, you know, which works out for me because I don't want to learn another language. Yeah, well, I don't know if I really speak English to be honest, at least not. <laughs> proper but hey whatever i understand it for the most part i don't i don't think anybody anybody so while we're on mark though i got a couple mm -hmm. things to say about mark well first off delivery how disappointed were you that it wasn't a black bike with red spots on it <laughs> um i wasn't expecting that right we all saw the test bike and how cool it was and we're like man that'd be sweet if Grassini like dropped their weird color um, but I, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't a change at all. Honestly, I seen the two bikes together. It looked like they just got a new sponsor somewhere. And so that changed a little bit, but realistically like suits, bikes, all of it, the it's colors not... from last year, are pretty much exactly the same design. Yeah. I think they had a lot more white on the noses, but yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure every panel is different, every, but the overall look is going to be exactly the same. You're not going to notice on track yeah. with the exception, maybe those white noses, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and obviously, you know, Mark's new number, which is so much different. Dude, that tripped me out because 
I know this is blasphemy, but Mark Marquez's number is 93. True. When they said that, you know how I do with numbers. I'll forget my phone number if you ask me on the spot. Uh So they Uh were like, look at Mark's new numbers. And I was like, 93. Shit, what was he before? What were they? I swear it was nine. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) No. Is he... He already had those in the test, his his new style. He was rocking the new numbers, you know. But he moved down I, one font in Microsoft. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually really been able to tell the difference, to be honest with you. So Well, if you I, don't know, I'm sure I, I sure wouldn't remember. I yeah. wouldn't. But, but I I don't know. I mean, where where were you trying to go with Mark? What's the Well, I just know I, I don't mean to keep bringing up Mark, but you know the We've talked about it before, but the reason you bring Mark to your team is because everybody's going to talk about your team. True. And they're going to find every stupid reason to talk about your team. True. But everybody's taking advantage. The next two stories I want to cover both have something to do with that. Number one, uh, this is from Crash.net. Okay. Mark Marquez has been firmly told by the Ducati CEO that they wish for races without accidents this season. Mm-hmm. I seen that. I seen that story. No, 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 Mister Mark. We don't want your attitude over here. Which is really interesting to to say. You know that that brings up a good question about team orders. Is can they do anything with a rider if the rider refuses to follow team orders? Uh, if it ain't written in a contract, I highly doubt it. Okay, it'll be an interesting season. That's like a. That's why I'm, I'm hesitant to dive into it because I'm not quite ready to dive into into MotoGP yet. We can throw predictions out there. We can we can talk about it. Seeing the you know starting to see the team announcements is awesome. I love it. Uh, it means it's right around the corner. Like you said, we got a test coming up literally here in two weeks, mm-hmm. and then another test a few days after that, and then another test a couple weeks after that, and then then it's actually right around the corner. So like, yeah, we're, we're coming up on it quick. I'm excited, but I, I mean, Mark Marquez is all over my Facebook and Instagram and everything else all day, every day, because he's got that story that you just mentioned. I'm sure the next one you're about to mention is also about him and maybe a different team. I don't know. Well, not so much about him, I guess, but you can't help but think of him when the story pops up also from Mm crash.net. Okay. That bike that you were just going to link the video to. Yeah. Yeah. Was in Repsol colors. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen how pissed off Repsol is at Honda right now? No, actually I haven't. So apparently Repsol, according to the article, Repsol has a contract with Honda, obviously. But mm-hmm. in their contract last year, they had a kind of a, a financial deference clause, if you will. If Mark Marquez left the team, they got to renegotiate how much money they were going to put into it. Repsol or Honda? Repsol. Okay. Okay. So Mark Marquez obviously left Honda. Mm -hmm. So Repsol came back to the table and said, we don't want to give you as much money. And Honda said, oh, that's okay. We want to make our bikes red, blue, and white. Ooh. We want Honda colors on our bikes. Repsol is not going to be so prominent on the factory bikes anymore. And Repsol is pissed, apparently. Huh. Interesting. Well, you know, I mean, if they're not, if they're not providing the money as much, 
then Honda becomes the the sponsor. Mm-hmm. So does that make it the Repsol Honda or the Honda Repsol? <laughs> or is it just I a Repsol, I don't Honda? I don't know. But if you, you think of for the Repsol part, <laughs> if you go if you go back to the Grassini unveiling, did you happen to notice that Mark did not even have to change his hat? Yeah, I did notice that. I mean, yeah, he took Red Bull with him. The weird part was that I didn't really see Red Bull very prominent on the bike. No, and I didn't that kind of it. There were rumors last year that he was bringing Red Bull over. Like it, there was a rumor that Grassini was going to go crazy because Mark was bringing so much money with him and he was bringing Red Bull with him. And so I maybe because there have been, obviously obviously he's the biggest talk and like no one cares what the other bikes are going to look like. They all want to know what Mark's bikes is going to look like. And there were definitely a few um, fantasy bikes, if you will, that had big old Red Bull across the side. Right. So when I didn't see it like at all, I was kind of, kind of surprised about that, but yeah, he still had the hat. He'll, he'll remain Red Bull sponsored, which that, that doesn't surprise me one bit. No, but it, it is a little surprising that they're leaving Honda. On the flip side of that, I would love to see, I would love to see some Honda bikes running Fireblade colors out there or something resembling that. Yeah, I agree. It would be cool. I also wonder. Well, I don't know. I don't know why that would do that. But uh, you know, is it possible that we finally get a V, a V four somewhere other than MotoGP at a Honda? Or there's no way they're going the other way around. Right, there's no way they're putting an inline four in their MotoGP no. bike. No, yeah, that that ship sailed. That ain't happening. But mm-hmm. so we all know Ducati wants Italian riders on their bike. Yep. Could the same argument be made that Honda wants Spanish riders on their bike, or would the argument just be that a lot of the best riders come out of Spain? Uh, I think the second one. I also, I don't think Honda cares. Well, in a perfect world, they would want a Japanese rider. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know if I really believe that either. But when you think about it, yeah, manufacturers would love to have their own riders on their own bikes. But I don't know if anyone cares about that as much as Ducati does. In my head, Honda just wants the best. They've often, very often had the best. They had Rossi. He's Italian. They had Casey Stoner. He was Australian. They had... Oh, boy. Uh, Nicky Hayden. Sorry. Yeah. Danny Pedrosa, also Spaniard, I believe. But Nicky Hayden, American. And then Pedrosa and Lorenzo, well, for a little bit, anyway. And and then Mark, right? Spaniard. So You can make the same argument with Ducati. I mean, Stoner, Australian for Ducati also was their most... Winningest rider, but it's a want and need, right? They yeah. want, they want an Italian rider. Sometimes they need that Spanish guy maybe to win for them. But yeah, well, and the I mean, you could go back to Rossi because Rossi was on a Ducati for a little bit also, but yep, he just didn't like the bike, so didn't work out. So I bring that up to say that the new rumor mill kicking around is Jorge Martin. Heading over. Jorge Martin is on his last year. At Ducati. At Ducati. Mm-hmm. And refuses to ride for 
a satellite team for another year, basically. He's already he's already throwing down the gauntlet as far as I'm concerned, saying that I'm the factory rider or else. Mm-hmm. But the rumor mill kicking is that he's going to go to Honda and take Joanne Mir's spot. Okay. And it sounds like it's, it sounds like a, a funny tidbit that came out that actually I've been giggling about a little bit. Maybe it's only funny to me. Mm-hmm. But he admitted that he prepared a red leather suit for the test in Jerez after the end of the season. Yeah. So apparently they didn't really talk about it before, but apparently in his clause, if he won or in his contract, there was a clause. If he won the championship, he automatically got promoted to the factory bike. Ooh. Okay. He did not do that. Right. But he still was holding out hope that Ducati would make the decision to get rid of Bastianini and take him. So he had a all red suit prepared for the test. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> That's kind of embarrassing. That's I kind mean, of embarrassing you might not come back from. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's probably a bad taste there now. He might not want to ever ride for Ducati again after. Possibly. The, the hard part is that he's obviously good on that bike. So, like, I don't know. And who knows? that? I think, like, the two biggest questions this year, two of the biggest, I don't know if they are the biggest, but two of the biggest is... Mark, you know, what, what do just leave it at that? What is his season going to look like? How's that going to go? How's that going to play with everyone else? Whatever. That's a big question. And then on the other side, Honda, you know, because in my, in a lot of people's heads, Mark left Honda's dead, but at the same time, like Honda's not, they're not going to just die off without Mark. I don't think they want to just leave maybe, but that's why it's one of the biggest questions. So to, to put some perspective into what you were saying though, about contracts ending, there are three riders whose contracts do not end. That's true. At the end of 2024, which is Brad Bender. He's out to 26. Uh, Luca Marini for Repsol out to 2025. And then Zarco also out to 2025, which we all kind of, I think last year we ended saying something about he's old and he was like, yeah, I'll take it. It's two years. Good. Sounds great. And then next year doesn't have to worry about anything when everyone else is. Yep. You, know, you want to talk about silly season. <laughs> It'll be one for the books at the end of this year. So, well, this, this is going to not switch subjects, but uh world Superbike is testing this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they will be testing the day this comes out, but. We have all the BMW guys going to be there. All of them now. There's five riders showing up for BMW. Okay. But, uh, Ray is going to be there on the Yamaha. Garrett Gerloff got quoted in the news this week saying that Top Rack's going to have a better year than Ray. Switching to a BMW versus switching to a Yamaha. Right. Uh, but the reason I kicked over to there real quick is I don't know if that has to do with concessions or what, but Stefan Brattle will be there on a Honda. So interesting. Might be kind of interesting just to watch. You're going to have Brattle sharing a track with the World Superbikes. Mm-hmm. Well, you're saying on a on a on a GP, a MotoGP. On a GP. Bike. Okay. Okay. So he's not going and testing a CBR. No, he's testing he's the big one, RC213V. Yep. Because they can test whatever they want now. It seems like. Yeah, they kind of get that open. 
similar to Yamaha, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, this is why I didn't want to, wasn't quite ready to jump into it. Um, it's a lot to unwrap, and uh, I am on Crash.net right now. That's where I just got the rider lineup. Uh, it does seem like a decent, I'm not going to call anyone out as a, as a bad source, but I've gotten a lot of stuff off Crash.net, and generally it, it is true. Um, I think they somehow get their information very quickly. So good place to go check out. Yeah, um, I, think, I think they're legit. But yeah, it'll be, you know, in my head, I, I, I was actually thinking about this the past couple of days. I was like, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to go over this week? And I was like, we could talk about MotoGP, you know, the Grissini. And then we, we still got to talk about the big boy Ducatis, I guess here in a second. But I was like, there's so much that I don't think about with MotoGP because I'm a Mark fan. So my head's thinking about Mark. And then Bagnaya won the last world championship. So in my head, like, those are the only two people. Yeah, two. Last, yeah. Thank you. Two. Right. So he, he won the real one. Cool. Now. Yeah. The real we threw all the one time winners out. Yep. He defended it, came back, did it twice. Um, not without question. It was still a pretty interesting and exciting season last year. I mean, right. we didn't decide the champion until the last race, which is pretty crazy. That hasn't happened in a long time. So. Uh, and I think this year, you never know because it, you know, the first race is like nothing to judge on <laughs> first race of the year, but we're also back in Qatar for the first race of the year. So I, I think this will be one of the, could have been one of the most normal seasons since, uh, you know, since 2020, the big, the big change in the world, if you will. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Anything, anything could happen. We say that every year. It, it, it's back though, my friend. Um, CVMA, you know, they're racing. Mm -hmm. Even even when it rains and they decide maybe not to. Ah! So, um, but CRA, CRA kicks off February 16th. They're back to racing. Um, yeah. I know in your neck of the woods, there's got to be some clubs getting geared up, ready to go. I haven't actually checked any of the club racing calendars, but I've, I mean, I've got Moto America pulled up. They'll be back. Uh, Wednesday, Daytona. Wednesday, Daytona, early February. End of March. Or, sorry, beginning of March. March 7th. What? Yep. March 7th through the 9th. Daytona? For Moto America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was earlier than that. Sorry. Someone at work today mentioned Daytona 500. So, when you say Daytona, I'm like, I mean, that is earlier than that. So, maybe he's talking about that. I don't know why we would, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We don't care about that. The, uh, <laughs> not anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited cause everything's starting to kick up. I got race parts coming in the mail. Dude, you still got snow on the ground. I still got snow on the ground, but it, it and my pipes froze last night. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't supposed to be cold and then it was. So I didn't drip my faucets <laughs> and out here you, you have to, uh, that'll teach you. I guess I thought I'd learned my lesson last year and I was watching the weather. Anyway, we don't need to get into that, but yeah, no, I, you know, I'm actually literally right before we got on, I'm over here looking at the calendar for different track day events, trying to plan out my track day events and work that around a Moto America race. Maybe like, yeah, no, it's absolutely, it's 2024 MotoGP is right around the corner. Uh, CVMA is still going. So if you're missing your motorcycle racing, 
keep up with CVMA. Uh, that'll be a good season closeout, and they kind of close out right as everything else really, really kicks off for the year. So, yep, yep. And then USBA starts. Question mark. Well, you're on my calendar right now, so I can't look. Uh, end of April. Okay. Yeah, and like I, last weekend of April. Kind of got to wait for some warmer weather out there. Which is crazy because yeah, I feel like you get like two weeks of warmer weather and then it's just insane. Right. And then you're back into like, it might rain this weekend. So. Yeah, I know. Track days in April, you never know exactly what you're going to. Yeah, didn't you drive down to one in snow one time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've ridden through the snow. I don't know if I could show up to a track day in the snow and, and think that it was going to be a good day at all. Hey, shout out to UMC. Mm-hmm. I mean... We're bringing that track up, right? On upwards and onwards. Uh, Absolutely. Did, yep. Did you see any of the pictures from the snow cross? Uh, I, th- I think I seen a couple. Yeah. They got Corvettes well, out there. They got yeah. drive Corvettes out there racing in the snow. Yeah, and if I don't, if I remember correctly, a Porsche. I think I saw. Yeah, and there's, I mean, Subies, all the stuff, right? Yeah. But, but it was, I mean, that's good. Winter cross. They have a whole series called winter cross now. I mean, they're using the track in the winter now. So that's good. I mean, that's great. That's like probably the best thing for a racetrack. I don't know. I, don't I assume know they do that. At, asphalt, right. But yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, they can afford to repave every year. Um, but no, yeah, absolutely. Especially in a state where you do have such a like harsh down winter where you're not going to get anything in. I know like up in Washington, we could do track days as early as March. It might be a little cold in the morning and it could be a rainy day, but you get out there and do it. And most of the winter they can run cars because it's just rainy and cold, but cars will run in almost whatever. But yeah, to, to see a track using themselves in the snow and the, and the super cold, that's, that's cool. That's good. Keeps them alive. So, uh, but yeah, what, what did you think of the, the real Ducatis, if you will, not the fake ones? So not at the risk of sounding like you, I have not mm-hmm. had a chance to watch it yet. Okay. I also didn't watch that one, <laughs> uh, but I did see, obviously, as soon as the I, bikes pop up, you see I assume they're red. No, they were green. Really? Yeah, they were red. <laughs> <laughs> they were red, but they do have the, the dudes have like this new bright white sponsor on their sleeve. And it kind of like, it doesn't quite sit right. Because it breaks up the red in a very weird way. It must be a pretty big sponsor because I mean it's gonna break up the break up mm. the red and it's bright white. Um I think it's the hardest part for me about MotoGP is I don't recognize any of the sponsors. Like Lenovo, sure. Uh but I didn't even know what Repsol was for a long time. Suzuki, uh what is their Oh, what was their main X Star. X Star makes oil. I didn't know that. So anyway. But yeah, they're uh, they're very red. I don't I don't even know what else to to tell you there. I think you know I'll 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 watch them all. I'll watch all the presentations at least skim them. But the uh, the only one I'm really interested in now, I think, is the was it Trackstar, Trackhouse, Trackhouse, Trackhouse. Yep, that'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. Hopefully, it's not. The American red, white, and blue livery. Why not? I mean, I love a red, white, and blue livery, but they don't have an American rider. It's not an American bike. 
I know it's an American team, but they can they can they can put a small shout out to America on the side, and then when we get a rider there, they can they can go nuts. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we need a new uh, captain. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out the dates. Sorry. Here we go. Official dates confirmed. Just to get this out there, this is from the website. Uh, Trackhouse will be next week, next Thursday on the 26th. Lenovo was obviously today. We got the VR46 team on the 24th. So Wednesday. Yep. Um, why why is that not showing me more? There we go. Uh, gas gas. Right before the Sepang shakedown. So that'll be interesting because KTM, Honda, LCR, and Aprilia, and Primax not till after the Qatar test. None of those bikes are releasing until after the first test. So we'll see them, I'm assuming, in their black testing colors again. Nah, I think they'll have. Uh, I think Ducati did that last year, possibly. Or, excuse me, not the Lenovo. Factory Ducati. Yeah. Well, I wonder if KTM will come out with the Zebra bike again. I hope so. <laughs> not really. It was kind of cool to see. You know, you see that in like magazines and stuff. And they're like, check out this car. And obviously the manufacturer is trying to prevent people from Hide getting the design. Yeah, stuff like that. So on a, I feel like in MotoGP, it does kind of make sense. Except that someone can just go walk over there while it's in the pits and just look at it if they really want to steal secrets. So I don't know. Not sure. Um, but yeah, all, uh, all of those. KTM, Repsol. LCR and Aprilia and Prima Primac are all way later in the month. So, or sorry, and later in February, not not even just this month. But got to spread out the fun. Yeah, yeah, it keeps it. I mean, it, it you know it gives us this. It gives us little things, little bits and pieces to talk about, and the season starts before it starts. Um, the test will be interesting. The shakedown, I feel like, is never, never a very good test. Uh, and I don't even feel like the tests are a good call for what the season will be. It's definitely more last year. Nope. <laughs> nope, not even. Well, last year was so weird because I feel like, a, you know, there were heavy hitters getting taken out all over the place. And I'm, I'm not going to say any specific names, but there were in my head what, what were possibly heavy hitters were just getting taken out. And then other random people kind of came out of nowhere. Some of those fell off. Some of those stuck around. It was up and down but i mean consistency wins all and the robot had it so it was a good year like like i always like to say just let them have their fun one more year before bmw gets there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> i'll give you three at least three mm-hmm. it's next year or nothing it's 2025 or nothing it'll be yeah. interesting yeah i get what you're saying okay so forget that for a minute you know, let's. I want to. I, I wanted to pick your brain on this other question. Okay, what do we got? How much? Uh, name a name a car from Chevy, Ford. You know, one of the. What's a what's a pretty stinking average cheap car? The Chevy Cruze. That's where you read my mind. So, how much is a Chevy Cruze? Uh, twelve. No, probably fifteen. Are you kidding me? They're probably 20. Google it. 
All right, I'll Google it. So, uh, 2024. I know I just completely shifted gears here, but yeah, that's weird. But uh, whatever. MSRP. Yeah. What? Hang on. Have you heard of a thing called inflation, my young man? Twenty thousand four hundred, but then it said tracks, so it's a different car. They might not make a cruise anymore. They do. Chevy Cruze sedan price in the United States start at eighteen thousand eight hundred seventy for the base variant and goes up to twenty six thousand four hundred ninety five. This is weird. My mic just kind of changed. Whatever. Okay, so you're with me so far. Um, I'm here. Yeah. I mean, we we're establishing that a cheap average car in 2024 i mean i'm sure you can find one cheaper and i'm sure you can find plenty more expensive right but that's a pretty average run-of-the-mill car yeah call it 18 to twenty-two thousand. but i'd put it in perspective the cheapest car that i know of nissan versa like that's like you can just go get those things cheap brand new Sixteen thousand two hundred ninety. Okay, so let's use both as examples then: a Chevy Cruze, a Nissan Versa. Mm-hmm. If they were motorcycles, which one would they be? Uh, Are we having fun yet? R R three maybe. No, Honda going with this. Honda Rebel five hundred, maybe. For which, for which one? Both of them, or for the Versa? Uh. Both of them. Okay. Let's, let's go with the Honda Rebel 500. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I've been reading this little book. Okay. 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 For the for the fans at home. Mm-hmm. It's a Ride Free by Willie G. Davidson. Okay. Yep. Very interesting okay. book, even for you Harley haters out there. It's a it's an interesting book. Um. I'm not all the way through it, but something something that he said in there, he, the first the first part of the book is basically covering the history of Harley and how it was growing up because it's his uh it's his grandpa. Yeah. Okay. It's his grandpa that was one of the original founders. So, he had some some little inklings of his grandfather, but he definitely knew his dad. But he's he's as he's going through this history, he starts talking about you know, they sold, they started in 1901. They sold their first bike in 1903. And then it was five bikes. And then it was 10 bikes. And then it was 20. And every single year in their history, they doubled or tripled all the way up into 1920. Okay. And in 1920, they had like a leveling off or a downturn. And what they accredited that to was the Ford Model T. Interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back into, so okay. a, Ford, a Ford model T we're like, we're, 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 we're getting there though. We're like a balloon that got the, you know, you know what I mean? So a Ford model T was $500. The okay. highest Harley Davidson at the time was more than $500. Interesting. Okay. And the, and the quote or the comment that he said in there, was something to the lines of that's when his dad realized that motorcycling was 
no longer transportation, but it was now a hobby slash sport. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you drive a motorcycle to get from point A to point B, if you can buy something with four wheels and a cab to get from point A to point B, most people are going to choose the one with the cab. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's safer, it's easier, and less concentration needed. Yeah. So so I just, I kind of, I, th- I thought about that a bit. I never, you know, makes perfect sense, but I never thought of it from that angle. Mm-hmm. And... He said, from there on forward, for the whole history of Harley-Davidson, they're fighting, most people buy them as a hobby or sport. And then I started thinking about it, you know, obviously in the United States, at least, it's different than, say, Indonesia. You know, there's there's some of these countries that motorcycling is still a necessity, whether that be a scooter. I think, you know, when you see these pictures of these countries that are just full of motorcycles. Yeah. There's a percentage of those people that are still fans of motorcycling, but a lot of them are doing it out of necessity. It's it's not their first choice. They might much rather drive a Chevy Cruze. Yeah, but it's easier and cheaper. And yeah. So then it got me thinking: How much has times changed? You know, through all the inflation and the years changing and everything getting more options and all that. That's what got me to the: If a Chevy Cruze is the equal to a Rebel. 500 or even a uh, i didn't realize that honda made a rebel 300 so they still make a smaller rebel which i would chevy cruise nissan versa being like the bottom of the barrel type cars i would put them down next to a rebel 300 not that the 500 is really any better no offense honda rebel guys sorry (laughs) but that was rude so yeah you know so I was just I was just thinking out loud and thought I'd bounce that off of you and and think you know how has the how has the world changed because somebody buying a Rebel Five Hundred, uh huh, what percentage of those people are buying it because they love motorcycling and what percentage of those people are buying it because they need to get to work every day and they think the gas price is cheap in America. You know I haven't met a single person that owns a motorcycle and has told me that they bought it out of fuel prices or commuting or easier parking or any of the benefits that do come along with a motorcycle and commuting on a motorcycle. But but, but. how many men tell their wife that though, when they go to buy one? Well, I don't know. Let's make a poll. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, let me buy the bike. It gets great gas mileage. Yeah. Yeah. Comment, comment down below. I'm kind of curious. How many of you did sell that for, we'll say for your first bike. Uh, as a married man, if you're married, if not, great. Uh, we'll even count girlfriends, whatever. Significant other people. How many of you pitched that as your, at least part of the reason? Mentioned it when, when, uh, when and if you asked for permission. Um, since since you were down the down the line of Harley Davidson specifically back in the day, which I'm, I'm sure there were many other manufacturers that, well, probably came along after that to be honest, but. If there were any at the time or when there were any, kind of also realized that same fact. But a, a Harley Davidson Sportster Iron 883 MSRP is at $11,249. That's what I would buy over the Rebel 500. Yeah, I just want to look that up because the Rebel 500 is a very cheap, very much like for most people, I feel like you get one of those and you're you're probably you know there for six months to a year and then you're like okay i need i need something a little more a sports are 1200 if they even exist anymore 
Uh, I'm only seeing 2021 numbers, but right around 10,000. So really not that much more. So half the price. Just saying. And obviously there's a million cheaper options. Yeah. Like electric bicycles. (laughs) We don't need to talk about those. I don't need to get into that. I could sit here and argue with with anyone on those for a long time. (laughs) I know people that have got those going like 40 miles an hour now with their bicycles. Oh. Can you pull over a bicycle and give it a ticket for speeding? Yes. Yeah. Just keep that in mind, you electric bikers. I've been pulled over in a gas vehicle by a bicycle before. You pulled over? I didn't realize I was being pulled over until I was stopped talking and then there was a bicyclist parked next to my window. So I don't know how he got there. I don't know the details, (laughs) but I've been pulled over by a bicycle before. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. If you're, uh, if you're still here with us and you're not a motorcycle rider already, or if you got that buddy that is just not quite ready to jump over the fence or to fall off the back of the, or, you know, whatever it might be, use your insert, your favorite analogy here. Um, there's the numbers for you. We spit them out. Those are straight off the webs right here, right now, live. It is cheaper <laughs> to go by. Even a Harley Davidson Sportster 1200 than it is to buy a Nissan Versa, which is probably one of the cheapest cars you can get. And I'm talking like those things don't even have Apple CarPlay. So if you're like, well, I want all the nice amenities, you ain't getting heated seats, you ain't getting <laughs> Apple CarPlay, you ain't getting the freaking beepy things that tell you there's someone next to you. Yeah, right. And on a bike, you get that because you'll feel them. Because <laughs> you're <laughs> building curb feelers. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I like that. That's good. Um, so yeah, there's your, there's your ammo to fire at someone. If they're not thinking, if they're not quite ready, fire at them. And I will say that the fuel mileage, my, my sports of 1200 gets like dang near 50 miles to gallon, if not more. I don't know because it doesn't have an odometer or a fuel gauge, but <laughs> the rough math I did, um, it's a hell of an assumption. It's awesome. I mean, I, I did some math, right? I, I, the speedometer app that I use since the bike also doesn't have a speedo, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Um, <laughs> has an odometer on it. So I did a trip and then I filled up the day, like before I started the trip and I did the trip and then I filled up and then I, I calculated based off that. And it was like 53 miles to a gallon. So beautiful. Yeah. Not bad. Much better than some of the other bikes I have in the garage that seem to just drink that down. But still, even those ones are much better than, anything else in the world i don't know i don't know what's the hang on if i'm gonna say that i better do average fuel mileage of nissan versa 35 on the highway look at that not even that great that's weak that's with the manual too they make a manual Mm Mm-hmm. now i want a versa all of a sudden EPA estimated 27 in the city and 35 on the highway. So, you know what? Motorcycles also come in manual transmission. So there you go. Right. Uh, Except for that Honda Rebel. What? Yeah, man. Honda Rebels don't have manual transmission. I don't believe you. Google it. You were making stuff up. Is this just the, the night of Googling? Honda Rebel is an automatic tranny. Honda calls it a... Uh, Help me out. Help me out. Dun, dun, dun. Only the 1100 comes in DCT. 
Oh, okay. In the Rebel lineup. I was close. But they're... Uh, that's Reddit. They're just trying to argue about it. I thought they added it to the 500. Uh, this is as of 2024 Honda Rebel 500. 46 horsepower, respectively, with those numbers put to the wheels via a six-speed manual transmission. Okay. You win so. this round. All right. Cool. I'm good. All right. On that note, we're excited. Note. We're excited for the MotoGP season that's coming up. We're excited to get some more guests on here. I hope everybody's enjoyed the string of guests we put together. Yeah. Yeah. We were trying to change it up a little bit, get some guests. So you aren't just seeing our boring two faces talk about MotoGP and Honda Rebels not having automatic transmissions and other random things that I know and Cole doesn't. Um, but I, I didn't catch that. Uh, with that, also, if you're a listener and you've got a story that you want told, feel free to reach out to us. Or just if you've got questions in general, uh, we've had some questions come in. I love them. Give you a shout out on the podcast. Answer your questions to the best of our ability. And if not, I can definitely find someone that can. So, you know, hit us up at JK Moto Podcast on Instagram. Instagram. Did I say that right? Yeah. And let us know. And then also, I just want to throw that out there, this out there. We had some words going out at CVMA and their racers being maybe the best of the best in America. We had some where people come back and say, what do you got? I don't know about all the other club racers in America, in the different parts of America, but kind of curious what you guys actually think. Who, in fact, is the best of the best? Do you have numbers to back it up? Do you want to back it up? And should we possibly put together a showdown? to settle once and for all, at least for this year, who the best club racer in America actually is. So I'll leave it at that uh, for now, but let us know down in the comments, send me a message and be on the lookout for some more news. Maybe headed that way, depending on how you guys all feel, but please tell your friends, spread the word. Happy racing. Happy racing.